0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. Hi, this is Celine Williams, hosting from Ontario for Canada's Podcast. My guest today is the founder of Handcrafted Leather Artisan, of a Handcrafted Leather Artisan brand and mental health initiative, Marnie and Michael, Jennifer St. John. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to have you today because, um, you know, to little bit behind the curtains we were chatting before we hit record it was a really interesting conversation so i'm excited to get into your journey and everything that you're working on um and with that i'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to doing what you're doing today and you know these incredible leather goods that you create yeah absolutely um
1: so I'll go way back. Um, as a kid, I was always interested in art. I was very creative, um, but I was also a really high level student. And so mm-hmm. I think in high school, it kind of became, all right, how, how am I going to marry this creativity with, you know, my my intellect? Um, and so I ended up going to design school. I went to Fanshawe for three years, and um, that was for an interior design program. And at that time in Ontario, um, you know, I wasn't able to get a job relatively quickly out of graduation. And so my boyfriend and I, um, now husband, we moved out to Edmonton and I was hired right away. And it was a thriving, you know, industry there. Um, I worked for a great company there, MB Wolski, and it was mostly commercial. Um, but I did that for a couple of years and I just found that it, it wasn't... satisfying what I thought of as a creative business. Um, And so then I actually translated my experience um, into the art department in film and television. Um, I worked for uh, Nicolette Sena, who had a company called Imagination Productions out of Edmonton. And in the same film, I did an art department internship and also a producer internship that lasted a really like a nine-month period. And I fell in love with producing. Um, and that kind of creative business, which was different from what I had just been doing. Um, and then a couple of years later, we moved back to Ontario. And then in Ontario, um, it was Toronto, I ended up finding my, um, production company, you know, kind of bestie, um, Erin Faith Young. Her and I started a production company called Cache Film and Television. And we did that for several years. And I loved that. I really loved that. Um, but I feel like the 2008 crash hit when we were kind of in business and we were just really getting going at that point. And then also um, we both started to have children and that just changed everything for us. Um, And so we both uh, kind of, you know, went on to do other things. Um, And it was at that point for me that I just tried to figure out how do I want to get back to that, you know, a creative business, but also I wanted to do something much more hands-on this time. And I really had gone from service with film and television to now wanting to do product. Um, And I just, I'd always admired and loved um, bags. And if I ever traveled anywhere, I would get a leather bag as a souvenir. Like it was just something that I was always attracted to. And because of my background in design, it was pretty easy for me to get going and to develop that. Um, so that's what I did from home. Um, I you know started to learn, you know, just even through YouTube videos, through training. Um, you know we have a local company in Barry Tandy that does you know lots of training and they have lots of information and helpful tips on how to do that. And I literally started to hand stitch leather and I created my own patterns and designed my own bags. And about three years into that, um, I realized that there was something here, like I had started to sell them. Um, And along the way, uh, because I had been in business before, just because of, I think, the age and stage I was at in my life. I also knew I wanted it to be a social enterprise and I wanted to give back to mental health. So I mm-hmm. developed that side of it as well. Um, and then in 2020, January, 2020, I uh, got keys to a studio space. <laughs> I got keys to a studio space. And um, by March, the beginning of March, um, we were ready to kind of go. And then obviously we know what happened. So yeah, um, it was it's been an interesting last three
0: years <laughs> i can I can only imagine uh, that timing is challenging at the very least, I would imagine. so I actually I want to ask about that because I think, <clears throat> you know, how growing businesses navigate something like that and how it affects them is I think it's important to talk about because a lot of people, faced a version of challenges during that time so i'd love to i'd love to talk about that and i also want to go back to the social enterprise piece after because i know that was in the story but because we ended with the the timing of the lovely pandemic that we've all been (laughs) dealing with how how was that how did you navigate that so what i did because
1: luckily i was just in startup mode, right? So I didn't have, um, I was just beginning to pull everything together. So what I did was I just kind of paused on starting to hire people, because that was the next step for me was starting to hire local seamstresses and starting, you know, to build inventory. And then obviously, through e-commerce, Um, You know, starting to and markets was the idea, um, starting to get out there and and sell the product. Um, So what I did was I obviously took a step back from that, and I developed more of the the mental health side of things. And I also developed, you know, just learned, I learned a lot about social media, you know, I took courses, I did training, I just tried to use that time to still build the brand and build the business, but obviously not the way I thought it was going to build. Um, By that holiday, by the holidays of 2020, there was, you know, that brief period where we were out of lockdown. I had hired people by that point. And it was very interesting in the beginning, I had this vision of, you know, I wanted to have this creative studio space and, you know, however many seamstresses as we grow and we build, it didn't quite start out that way. Um, it was hard to find people with this, with, yes, there's lots of seamstresses, but not everybody has sewn with leather and it's it's different than just sewing yes. with fabric. Um, so I actually had the, the, the I kind of reached out to the community and to people who are, you know, like I had, you know, women who, you know, grandmas who would do quilting and they tried to help me. And then I had a woman who had a business um where she did boat canvases and she helped me immensely, actually. She was fantastic. So it was just a matter of trying to piece together where I could find the help for the production side of things. We were able to sell and to you know sell from our website and also we had kind of a a little storefront in at our our current studio space, Um, and that's that was kind of our start of everything. And between 2020 December and 2021 December, we actually sold almost a thousand units, and we made almost six figures. It was astounding. Um, And so, what actually happened? The reason why our numbers were so high is that we had companies purchase large, like 200, 300 amounts of, of units from us, um, because they were looking for like a high quality client gift. And mm. they wanted it one one company specifically wanted the social give back piece to it. And so it was like a perfect fit for them. Um, So that is like, that was how we started, which was unbelievable. Um And that's when it was just kind of like, okay, now let's figure this out. So um it's been, it's been tricky. I mean, obviously it's been, it's always tricky. Business is always tricky. Um, we've now production has still continued to be the thing for us, the source for us that has been our, our sticking point in the problem solving situation. We are determined to keep it in house. We did try to do small batch production outside of our studio. Um, it just didn't work out for us. So we've, we've now, we're moving to a new space in Barrie. It's, it's a larger space. We're really committed to having it in house. So that was a big step for us to finally make, just say, okay, no, we're doing this and we're doing all of it ourselves. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, but I would say the other interesting thing about COVID is that mental health, is very talked about now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know when when i was a kid it wasn't talked about and you know i i have i had a parent who was mentally ill and was undiagnosed and untreated with mental illness so my childhood was was immensely impacted by mental health. Mm-hmm. And i was raised i was born in the 70s i mean we did not talk about mental health at all. So it was um it was interesting for me just because of my own personal story to see that evolution. Um, I mean, obviously everybody, you know, everybody has their own opinions about it, but I think that for the most part, the majority of Canadians um, have probably learned a lot about mental health, a lot more than maybe they knew three years ago.
0: I think that's a very important observation. And I think you're right. I think that, people are more aware of and speaking about in some way or hearing about mental health now than they were three years ago. And I think I don't, you know, I'm going to make this statement and I might be wrong, but I don't think there's a person who is alive whose life is not impacted by mental health in some way, whether it's their own or someone close to them or someone they work with or You know, whatever there, this is not a thing that 5% of the population is dealing with and therefore only a small, we're all impacted by mental health in some way. And I think to what you're saying, the fact that people are speaking about it, thinking about it, have an awareness of it now, more so than three years ago, is incredibly important and impactful.
1: No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the stats right now from CAMH are, are one in five Canadians under the age of 40 will have a mental illness. Over the age of 40, it's one in two. And that's, that's the person with the mental illness, but who is their partner? Who are their friends? Who are their siblings? Who are their family? Who are their coworkers? That's that ripple that you're talking about that none of us, do not have someone in our lives who are dealing with mental illness. I think sometimes people think it has to be some high level mental illness. Mental illness is anxiety. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, like it's, it's, there are, there are many, many different, you know, ways that our brain is, you know, creating an environment for us that we have to live in. It doesn't have to be, you know, for example, schizophrenia, right? Mm -hmm. It it can be, it it is, its also just anxiety and it's just just for people to even realize that that is mental health and that we can talk about it you know it's 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 been fantastic to see the changes i mean we still have a long way to go but it's come a long way in the last 3 years
0: you know to what you were saying that companies who were ordering a large number of bags and part of the appeal and interest was because and I, and I'm not, I don't know that it was mental health specifically, but that social give back, that social enterprise in some way and mental health during the pandemic being the recipient, you know, whatever mental health services organizations being a recipient, mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing for people to be aware of and to be able to, um, use their money in an impactful way and organizations to use yeah. an impactful way, because it, shows it's like putting your money where your mouth your mouth is right it's saying not only those organizations that I think there are still too many of them but definitely before the pandemic who would be like you know we we care about everyone's mental health and we want everyone to feel Mm -hmm. supported and here's your you know online support whatever it was (laughs) that didn't really translate into anything at work Mm -hmm. and I think something like i think that has changed for a lot of organizations and then being able to say hey here's some gifts that we're giving away here's an organization here's a company that is having an impact in this way i think that's huge and timing wise has lined up and i mean kudos to you it's lined up incredibly well from a business perspective but from a world impact change perspective it's pretty exciting Mm -hmm.
1: It is. It is. And it's, it's great that um, like we raise funds, like basically when everybody, when anybody purchases a bag from us up to 15% goes towards our mental health initiative. And what we do in the initiative is we obviously we're big advocates towards any of the stigma around mental health. I mean, from my own personal situation with my mom, I know that that's the biggest thing is to take the fear out of mental health. And I believe the best way to do that is to educate and to provide knowledge and to be able to give a firsthand experience and be honest and open about the experience so that there can be some compassion and some empathy towards something that you maybe weren't familiar with before. Um, And we also, we raise money for organizations. We do a lot of donations to silent auctions or whatever it is. Um, We have our own journal that we've like self-published so it's the story of like my mom and my dad and myself it's excerpts from letters and from journals over a 30-year period and it kind of in a nutshell tells our story and again that's about being open and honest about mental health Um, but then we also share a lot of resources on our website and on our social media and just try to connect people with the right information or the right organization that can help them I mean, a lot of organizations are dealing with up to two-year wait lists right now. Like it's it's just, it's so unfortunate because the need for mental health has gone through the roof because of the pandemic, but it already needed so much support. So now anything that we can do, we're trying to do in a way of raising money for organizations.
0: I think that, um, I I agree. The It has become more apparent than ever How lacking in services and accessibility the world when it comes to mental health right now, how lacking it is, Canada specifically as well, because those wait lists, as an example. I was at an -hmm. an event last night and one of the women on stage was talking about uh, um, they put something together for um, survivors of specific types of trauma. And one of the questions was, How do you essentially market? How do you find these people? And they said, we don't. They find us. They come looking for us because people are looking for, even if it's quietly, they're looking for help. And there's just not enough resources. And people, so many people, general public, they just don't know that. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I find like, even with what we share with our own personal story, and what we talk about, people connect with us regularly to say, like, thank you, because they don't, they appreciate somebody being honest about it. But also, at the end of the day, they don't, they feel like they're not alone anymore. And that's the biggest piece, when you've had this experience, and you're dealing, you know, with some sort of, of, you know, a really difficult situation, whether it's you going through it or it's somebody who's really close to you going through it, is that you don't want to feel alone. I mean, that was like I felt so alone as a child, so alone as a child, and so this is a big reason why I'm doing this.
0: It's really easy when we don't hear people. You know, I, I, this is a, such a broken record thing to say, but this is why representation matters. If we don't hear people or see people who have a similar story, element of a story, whatever it is, out in the world talking about themselves, their situation, their experience, then we are all, we all default into this is only a me thing.
1: Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. is anyone
0: going to understand this? Yeah. And what I and with that representation as well in that
1: conversation, whoever is speaking out is listening to them. It's so important. And yeah, I, 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 I agree with this a thousand percent. And I mean, that's, that's why we do what we do every day.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, I, it's not, I think I have a lot of respect and admiration for what you are doing. And how your business is giving back and focusing on, you know, having a positive impact because you can still be, you know, this, I'm, this is, but we can still run a profitable business and have a positive impact on the world at the same time. It is not an either or situation. Um, Absolutely. We can. I, you know. I recognize that you have, that your story is, is very specific to you, why you've chosen mental health. But I'm curious for those listening who are thinking, oh, maybe there's something I can, maybe I could work some of that into my business, some sort of social enterprise aspect, whether it's 15%, five, maybe there's something I can do. How do you go about, how did you, because I recognize you can't speak to everyone, but how did you go about figuring that out for yourself? and learning what (laughs) that looks like, and what that could be for you. Because I think a lot of people go, oh, that's nice for them. I can't do that with my business. I might want to, but I I don't know Mm -hmm. how I can't. I,
1: I don't, it's, that's an interesting question, because I feel like I just did it organically. I just knew that because of my background. And because I was in a situation where I was creating Barney and Michael, this company from scratch, that it was going to be a social enterprise from the beginning. Um, I mean, obviously, you have to figure out what that looks like and what you're going to do and how you're going to help. And, you know, I, I feel like Anybody that I talk to who's on the other side, who's trying to do, you know, working in those organizations or working at mental health hospitals or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, they always say that obviously funds are funds are really, really required, um, but also they want people to get involved, like they need volunteers, they need people on their boards You know, they need letter writing campaigns, they need people to come out to events. Um, Like there's so many ways that people can support organizations that are trying to do, you know, any kind of social work in the community. Um, And so for me, that's, we kind of got to the point where, okay, we can take a percentage of sales because we sell a physical product, and that can, you know, in collaboration with other companies, we can raise awareness of what they're doing, but that we can also write a check at the end of the day. Um, so that became a really easy one for us. Um, and then the advocacy and, um, just, you know, kind of the ending of the stigma. I mean, even in how much we've spoken today, you can tell this is this. I can't not speak to this because this is my journey. This is my story. Um, and I've been on like my mother did finally, she did receive some help when she was in her early 50s. She only lived for another 10 years, but that 10 years was very different for us. So I'm actually very fortunate in that I have seen both sides of that. Not a lot of people get to that point in their journey. Um, And so I have a lot of experience and information and my mom as well. My mom, like her journals are included in what we do Um, because she speaks very eloquently and um, very passionately about what it's like to be in her situation, which is she had bipolar too. So I I think it just, it happened organically for us, but absolutely there are so many ways that an organization can assist any, any community group or, you know, bigger than that, Ontario National that requires help. And the other thing I think that is people just need to ask, just ask, how can I help? That's, you know, we're not, we're all trying to figure it out. We're all obviously trying to help each other figure it out. So that's also, you know, a really big thing that we do when we work with the organizations. Just, you know, what, what can we do to help?
0: I, it's really interesting how many of us don't ask either for help or how we can help because there's this mm-hmm. interesting It's not stigma, but shame around needing or asking how like I should just be able to tell how you need help and you should just be able to tell how I need help. And it's so interesting that a lot of these um, a lot of these things stem from shame and stigma and wouldn't life be so much more enjoyable in general if we asked and spoke to things and had real conversations about things like mental health.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I was definitely one of those people because in my childhood I I feel like in my 40s is when I started to ask. <laughs> like even with this business, I've I've asked, I'm so much more connected with like, like mastermind groups and mentorship programs and you know, different networking organizations, so much more, you know, just trying to seek information and seek help and support other people as well. Um, Than I was in my 30s when I had my film business. Like it, it's it's, uh, but I also had a pretty strong fight or flight instinct coming out of my childhood. So I uh, I did a lot of work on that in my 30s. So I think that that's part of the reflection.
0: Absolutely, it's growth, right? We're all growing and changing, and it's a yeah. wonderful thing. Um, Jennifer, where can people go to find out more about you and about uh, Marnie and Michael and you know, the initiatives, the journals that you mentioned, what's the best place for them to find everything that they can?
1: And the best place is to go to our website, which is um On there, we also have our social channels. You can click through to those, but we have a newsletter that people can join if they want to. Um, we share lots of information there and personal stories, um, but that's the website is kind of our hub. So that's a good spot to start.
0: Perfect. And I really encourage everyone to go. Uh, check out Marnie and Michael. It's pretty incredible. And there will be a link in the show notes for that. Um, And I just really want to thank you for this conversation, Jennifer, and being so open about your journey um, and about the work that you're doing. It's really incredible. And I wish you the absolute best of luck in your continued journey. I cannot wait to see what else you get up to with Marnie and Michael.
1: Thank you so much. I
0: really appreciate this. I love this conversation. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And for those who are listening or watching, thank you for listening to Can's podcast. Like, comment and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.